Snagcast. An art show, but not like that. An extended conversation wherein we survey and explore the precarious humanity of artists living and working in Vancouver's creative ecosystem. Exploring the challenges, thrills, outrageous anxiety, and superfluous egos of our friends, peers, and idols. What is an artist? Where do we find inspiration? Do you like me? Why can't I stop crying? Join us for a verbal vernissage of inquest, confusion, made-up jargon, ambiguously inaccurate accents, and very poor sex advice. This might not be good, but it might be perfect. Hello, welcome to another episode of Snagcast, broadcasting live from here at Save On Meets in beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia. My name is Nick Pound, your host, hosting solo tonight. Today? What time of day is it? Midday. Right in the middle of the day, bright sunshine. Uh, I don't know why I said night. Let me introduce you to my guest, David Ellick. Hello. Hello, friends. Hello, Nick. Hello, Nick, who is also my friend. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being here. Uh, are you like a beach guy? Am I ruining your weekend? Nah, I'd probably be in the studio. So Studio guy. Studio guy. It doesn't matter the weather. I'll be there. Do you like the beach? I love the beach. I think it's okay. Yeah. What, what only, why only okay? It's a bit much. It, the, yeah, well. It's really bright. It is quite bright. There's a lot of. It's hot. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that have nicer bodies than I do. I th- <laughs> <laughs> Come on, David. You've got your shirt off right now, oh, and well, I must say I'm pretty impressed. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate that. You fucking jack iron, bro? Buddy, all 160, six foot three? Shit. <laughs> six foot three, that's pretty tall. Yeah, it's pretty gangly. Do you have trouble uh, finding clothes that make sense? I used to. Apparently, there's a lot of us out there now, though. Because I'm like, I'm a large, but I'm like medium at the same time. People so. are getting taller, I and, think. And apparently thinner. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. You look great, Nick. I just had to upgrade oh. my pants by an inch. So that's, that's I, don't, I don't know if that's a size. Is that a size? Yeah, 31 to 32. Oh. I think it's the only one inch jump there is in pant sizes. Yeah, that's a good one. Because 32 goes to 34 next, I think. Right? I've never yeah. seen a 33. No, that's a strange number. It's a good number, but it's a strange number to see in pants. You gotta get those custom. Buddy, if I could afford custom clothes, I would be happy. Yeah, I was just regretting not having bought a custom suit when I worked in bars and had lots of money. Well, you're still young. It could happen. That's true. I'm not that young. But you're not that old. I'm 55 years old. Oh, shit, you look good. Well, you know, I try. I stay out of the sun. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Screw the beach. Uh, okay, so not a beach guy, studio guy. What are you working on in the studio right now? A lot of sculptures lately. And tr- I just recently moved studios, so actually trying to set the studio up. It's a lot more effort than I anticipated. It's a lot of work deciding where things should go. It is, and my problem was moving everything in and starting to work on things right away instead of mm. like taking the time to set it up. Yeah. yeah, now there's stuff in the way of where other things should be. Precisely. Like I had every intention to paint the walls white, but now there's things on the walls, and it's, I'm going to have to take them off to paint the walls white. Mm. It's still on my to-do list. 
How much are you bringing fancy clients into the studio? Not enough yet, but soon. That's one of the reasons I moved studios, was to bring fancy clients in. Yeah, you got to get those white walls. I know. They love it. Rich they, people love white walls. They do. It's strange, hey? One day. One day soon, because I, it's, yeah, I, need, I need to do it. You'd think with all that money, they could afford a little pigment. I know. What the hell? What the heck? What do you think is the fanciest color you could paint a wall that's not white? Taupe. Ooh. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, I guess so. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, For like a... Coral, I think, is Pantone's color of the year right now or some shit. Coral. I know, Ugh. it's gross. I know. Get out of but here. Yeah, thank you. What are you, a... Pantone for American golf. Apparel shirt from 2003? I think they, they must dictate every Pantone color of the year. American Apparel has their foot... Is that even a company? American Still? Apparel? I think they might be back. Oh, Strange. They definitely went out of business for a while. Because that guy was a creep, wasn't he? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Fucking creeps. That was... He is successful, though. Sociopaths are successful sometimes. They do have some sort of skill that allows them to be successful. Uh, I think a willingness to not think about other people. That gets you places in life, apparently. I don't think you can make a lot of money without fucking someone over at some point. Yeah, if you have a soul, you're probably not going to be very successful. Unless, I don't know, maybe as a painter. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But you're probably dead before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. You just catch the tail end, and then that spirals you into death. Yeah, pretty much. You make, like, one huge sale, and then you just drink yourself to death or something. Yeah, because you don't know what to do with that money. So you might as well just, like, oh, this is the end of me. And I'm you feel guilty? It. You get, like, survivor's guilt <sighs> as, be as a starving artist? Yeah. Like, no, I can't be successful. It means I'm a sellout. Pretty much. That's what you try to convince yourself until you make it. <laughs> or that's what I'm convincing myself. Anyways, until I maybe make it. We'll see. But then, if you just have a boring business, yep. you can make enough money to buy a bunch of cool art. Then you have art all around you. You don't have to be stressed out by making it. I think you're onto something. Let's be rich. Let's, buddy, let's just do it. Let's just be rich. One day. One day soon. I've uh, heard some story about someone winning the lottery and then immediately forgot that I wasn't for sure going to win the lottery. It's like, well, what am I going to do with my $150 million? Oh, man. I could do, like, at least three things. Oh, definitely buy a boat for, like, a year. Yeah. And realize it's but too expensive. Avoid every beach with that boat. Oh, no, I'm not a beach boater. No, just a boat boater. I like, uh, open water. Yeah, just drop it off a cliff somewhere. Yeah, parachute boat. Oh, parachute buy, boat. Buy a big army plane and drop it out of there and, and uh, land in the, in the ocean somewhere. Mm, that'd be pretty sick. It, it would be pretty sick. It'd be pretty cute. Get a sweet uh, YouTube channel going with that. I bet you would. I bet you would find a couple followers that would be into s such a thing. Show all the different dead spots of the ocean around the world. Yes, exactly. Here's what it looks like when you drop into the middle of the ocean with no land anywhere in the Indian Ocean. It w would be wild. Here's in the Pacific. I would like to see it right in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. Would you even land in the water? Who, Who knows? knows? Exactly. Exactly. Um, what is the deal with the Bermuda Triangle? Do they ever figure it out? I don't know. I think it's ma some sort of mag magnetic anomaly with where, where it is on the Earth. Hmm. And it just screws with sensors, and then you can't tell where people get lost, or what? Apparently. Why are people disappearing? That's what I would love to know. Why do they disappear? Why are they never found? Or I think it was the Philadelphia Project, where the 
the boat was disappeared and then came back. And, and this guy's all halfway through it and stuff. Yeah, it's just like, what's going on here, people? No, is that real? I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of it's. Or is that just like a story your dad tells you? I don't think he would have ever known. Yeah, it's but hearsay. It's very warm. I'm taking my sweater off. Oh, all right. David is. He was wearing no shirt. Then he put on a shirt and a sweater. <laughs> taking the sweater back off. Yeah, because if that really happened, a boat disappeared, then reappeared with human beings fused into it. How is that not better? A known? bigger story. Yeah. And like, why it's are we still going around like everything's just normal? It's We've in someone's vested interest to not let everybody know. That Why? people have done interdimensional travel? I know. What the frick? I, w- I want to know where, where they went and then where they came back to. Yeah. Seems like there's too many great stories like that for there to be none of it. You know, it can't all just be ridiculous urban legends. No. So... This is what Google says. The Philadelphia experiment is an alleged military experiment supposed to have been carried out by the U.S. Navy at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in Philadelphia, PA, sometime around October 28, 1943. And, well, the U.S. Navy destroyer escort USS Eldred was claimed to have been rendered invisible to enemy devices. Was it rendered invisible because they interdimensionally yeah, traveled? because it wasn't there. Or did they just have some sort of crazy technology that prevented them from being detected? Yeah, it's had a radar blocker. Yeah, well, they shit. They just hung a, a CD in the windshield. Yeah, that's a much less exciting story. <laughs> also, it's alleged that the whole thing ever happened? Yeah, it's, the big word is alleged. So, obviously, there's if there's papers that have been declassified about it, then it's not alleged. So those papers don't exist? Well, maybe they're the just... The guy just said there's a thing? Maybe they're just throwing us on a loop. They, they made the papers exist, but are they allegedly full of truth? I just don't know. Fucking conspiracies, eh? I heard the Fibonacci paper got um, finally translated by someone. That's exciting. He said it only took him two weeks. Wow. Superhuman smartness. But I got bored before the end of the article, uh, so I, <laughs> I don't know anything else. You're a modern-day human, my man. Well, there's just too many pages to click through. Too many words. Paraphrase it for me. Give, uh, it, give it to me a hundred <laughs> words or less. You, you read the headline, scroll down to the last sentence on the page. You know it Piece now. the rest together. Exactly. That's, that's modern journalism right there. there someone's got to be able to come up with a better version of, like, three-sentence journalism. Yeah. Where you actually get a sense of it. Yeah. But I feel like uh, command of the English language has really gone downhill. In the last couple of years. I'll agree with you. More and more people are using the wrong words for things. Or uh, abbreviations that... I just don't even know what half the abbreviations are anymore. I know. T-I-F-U, I just learned, is time I fucked up. I've never actually even heard of that one. You gotta get on Reddit, bro. Shit, I do. So is this guy. I actually have been... I've been Redditing lately. I mean, I haven't been posting to Reddit. I've been scrolling around. Scrolling, yeah. I actually have never gone to reddit on my own volition sometimes i'll click a link and it takes me there just to see a good a meme yeah there's a lot of sweet uh pictures of naked women i think that's just the internet uh self-submitted though so it's fun oh yeah that is that's acceptable uh just like i don't like asking for things yes i like when people ask me for things like would you look at my boobs If, if you're asking me to i guess i have to there's also uh what is this thing 
where people just post pictures of objects they find that don't know what they are, and then the uh, that's a, that's actually a useful uh, application of the internet if it's not trolls answering you. Uh, it seems I'm surprised. I guess it could be the the subreddits I'm on by the low amount of trolling. I'm surprised at that response. Wow. There's uh yeah I find the ones that are really tailored to maybe it's just ones with good moderators. Mm, mm hmm. But there's mostly sincere answers. A lot of people saying the same thing ten times in a row because they haven't read the other comments. Right. But much less people just fucking with you than I expected. Well, um, shout out to those good-hearted mods. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all the good-hearted mods <laughs> out there. They're doing the right things, guys and gals. Uh, yeah, so Reddit turns out pretty fun, even though it looks like a plate of scrambled eggs when you open that app. Oh, you you even app it? Oh, I'm apping it, bro. Oh, man, oh, man. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't really uh, use my computer to surf the internet or anything. Do you use your phone to surf the internet or just apps? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? But not Reddit. You app it. Bro, you get a little podcast going in the background. There you go. There you go. What's your favorite podcast aside from Snagcast? I mean, there's so many. It depends on the time of the day. Yes. Really, like going to bed, I've been listening to mythology a lot. Nice. It's just British people doing dramatizations of stories from mythology. I think that would be like excellent a radio to listen play. To. Yeah, it's okay. great. Because it's, you know, names you know, but you don't remember most of the details of, or I don't at least, mythology stories. No, it's because you were in high school. Like, who the fuck, what's the Minotaur? He lives in a maze and eats people, but I don't yeah. know why a guy was going through the maze. And how did he solve it? Was it Hercules? I don't even know. Uh, I don't think it was. Okay. Hercules uh, had to shovel out a stable. Right. He had to fight a lion, I think. He beat that lion, and then he wore that lion. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, he kills his own kids or something at some point, I think. Yeah, psychos. The Greek, Greek myths are pretty wild. They are pretty wild. A lot of incest and a family murder. It's true. It's true. These are the kind of like the, the stepping stones of stories for modern day. We're riding the backs of incestuous freaks. Who are... Yeah, everyone, like, like, oh, Game of Thrones is so much incest. I've also heard uh, the rise of incest porn attributed to Gross. Game of Thrones. Gross. You're like, well, maybe I do want to see a brother and sister have sex. Freaks. Or is it we've just reached a point where uh, divorce and, like, remarriage and stuff has been so common that there are more people that grew up with the fantasy of, like, their hot stepsister that they couldn't bang. Still freaks. Yeah, you'd think you would. <laughs> there should be something Have in your you brain no that morals. turns that off. Yes. Gosh. But mythology. They started Not it. Not mythology, bro. They were the original they freaks. They love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Myths are the original freaks in the sheets. Yes, they are. Uh, do you have a favorite myth? Do I ha uh Humanity. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, folks. <laughs> this just got flipped on its head. Uh, but no, I don't know, really. Um, hmm. Tr the Trojan myth with Achilles is a pretty cool myth. That was one badass mofo who just got cut in his, his ankle, and, he, and that was the end of him. I don't know. I don't believe that. That's... You know what? I don't buy it. That just cutting a guy's ankle means he's dead. If he could kill every other adversary he ever had. Like... Well, isn't it that's the only part of him that you could cut? 
Well, I don't know. And then that's just like a what a chain reaction inside his body. I guess so. Like ah, ah, ah he's got I'm like super dead. strong tendons. So when you cut it, they like snap just so far back into his leg that it shuts his heart down. My, that's I think you solved it. Boom. Boom. That's what happened. Brad Pitt, you got it wrong. <laughs> In the movie Troy. In the movie Troy. Yeah. You just died. You shouldn't have just died. You should have imploded from the inside. Uh yeah, I want like a mythology tattoo i think what would you like that's the thing i don't know i don't just get them all i don't have a myth like off the top that i identify with um i also i like a lot of uh like viking mythology norse mythology you can't get a norse mythology tattoo right now why not it's a real like white power thing to do. oh yeah don't avoid that yeah definitely avoid that a thor's hammer tattoo if it's not marvel style very bad sign that's true although what what is the name of the hammer? Mjolnir. 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 It's cool. It looks cool. I did yeah. a painting of it once, and, but I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not pro white power. I really I like the uh, the sort of tradition in North mythology of naming objects. Totally. Totally. Like, giving them a personality of their own, like. Oh, this sword is like the dopest sword ever. We're gonna call him Jerry. Yes. Yes. You could get a a Hunian and Munin tattoo. <laughs> a Hunian and Munin? Yeah. <laughs> the ravens. One on oh, one on each calf. Yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty good. Ravens are good tattoos. Yeah. A lot of nice black, but maybe a little played out in Vancouver. Ah, yes. True that. I'm just gonna cover mine up. <laughs> <laughs> This, I mean, bird tattoos are great. You get those little, like, fingery tips to the wings. That's a good look. That is a good look. You want you want wings to fly. It's symbolizing something greater than you. But also, you just look cool. I'm going to get, like, an infinity tattoo on the back of my elbow. You should. Just do it. And um, beside it, an upside-down cross. Actually, no, oh, not shit. beside it. Right under your eyelid. Okay. Yeah. But no, no tattoos anywhere else. Just under that eyelid and on the back just of your... I have to get my other ones removed? Yeah, you do. Ooh. Yeah, that's... If you're starting now, in this day and age, eyelid first. Or under eye, I suppose. If you do your eyelid, that's cool, too. Now, so, I'm getting my tattoos. Biceps first. Then we'll work down the arms. I, I respect that. Uh, I, it just... It looks really cool to have a forearm tattoo, but it seems... It doesn't satisfy my like obsessive compulsive strong arms. Uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you want to highlight those muscles I'm actually you. just tattooing the cuts in between my muscles right now you're cool with Nick. like inspirational phrases ooh buddy in English or in another language uh, mostly uh, Sumerian ah there you go there's some good mythology there I don't know that much about it to be honest mm. does Jesus count um, I think he's like kind of like a subsidiary of Sumerian lore. He's <laughs> like a franchise location? Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're like compartmentalized a bunch of information from Sumerian lore, and then Jesus happened. Oh, all right. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, d- don't listen to me. I'm making shit up right now. Okay, let's get into some of my questions I have. Okay, Nick. You've been sculpting a lot. What's your favorite tool right now? I really enjoy the spindle sander. Spindle sander. Spindle sander. Sounds fun. Yeah, and besides spindle sander, jigsaw is probably my most widely used and trusted tool. 
What are you doing on the spindle sander? Are you spinning shaping. a block and then shaping stuff? Shaping stuff. Getting some really fun forms, angles, exploring grain. It's a lot of wood that I use. Ooh, exploring yeah. grain. Exploring grain. You could call me... That's uh, your podcast, right? Yeah. I'm... What, what is a, uh, the guy on the Quaker thing? He's a... He's a Quaker. He's Oh, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I don't know what they really did, but... Um, I think arts and crafts furniture. Ah, well, I'm close to that now, but... I feel like actually there's some sort of racist connotation, and I'm not that. So, uh, no, I think Quakers are cool. They're like okay. super nonviolent, uh, big into humility. Okay, it's well, like Amish light. I I can deal with that. It's like well, it's like Mennonite light maybe because I think mm. it's like Amish and then Mennonite's not quite as intense. No, and then maybe Quaker, okay. or maybe there it's a lateral move over to Quaker. Probably a lateral move. I know they like making wood furniture. Being honest. Okay. Well, I'm into both of those things. And then, oh, are the Shakers the one that never fight? I'm super pacifist. I just don't even know this. You're teaching me things now, and mm. I appreciate this. Well, there's Quakers and there's Shakers. Quakers and Shakers, movers and makers. That's right. Okay. Well, excellent. <laughs> uh, I think that's why it's uh, an oatmeal company. It's a nice, plain, plain, inoffensive food. Yeah, you can add what you need to it if you, if you so desire. Yeah, it's like monastery-type stuff. Right. Uh, what what is uh, your favorite tool? Because you work with a sculptor now too, don't you? Yes, that's true. That's really exciting to me. It's very exciting to me as well. How long have you been with him? Um, coming up on a year. Good for you, Nick. That's very cool. Yeah. So what's your favorite um, thing you've done so far in in the shop? Well, there's one piece that I, you know, he made the original, obviously, but then mm -hmm. from the mold, straight through production, I did everything. Very so that cool. was very very cool to do. Yes. Uh, I learned a lot, Very cool. uh, especially about this one material, Forton cement. Never even heard of it. It sounds exciting. It's like a gypsum cement with some hardening stuff added and then a latex liquid. So it, it, when it's a uh, finished material, it's very smooth, I'm assuming. It's, you can do a lot of different textures with it. Cool. So you can put a little kicker into it so it sets up a bit quicker and then like paint on with a rubber brush to get uh, a texture sort of thing going. Wow. Uh, or you could, you know, sand it to be really smooth, and it looks like stone. It was pretty light, comparatively. Oh, nice. Uh, it bonds really well to itself, so okay. you can do, like, multiple layers of stuff to Brilliant. achieve different textures. This is very cool. This is all very interesting. Uh, I think my favorite tool right now at the moment is, like, a dental scaling tool. Okay. Because I've been doing uh, wax casting. Ooh. So you make, like... Uh, a little wax figure from the mold of the original and then send that off to the foundry to get turned into bronze. Do you guys use a local foundry? Uh, we use Sarbers for small stuff locally. They're like a jewelry foundry. Okay. So they can handle small pieces, but then there's nowhere that does larger scale stuff in Vancouver. Uh, so we send it off to a place in Salt Spring. Oh, wow. Salt Spring has a foundry. Yeah. That's cool. Do you, have you been there before? No. I'd love to do a little field trip out there. Salt Spring's day, a cool island. Yeah, I went there um, at the end of March, and it's, it has a nice vibe. Uh, I've never been to any of the smaller islands. I would say that's probably the biggest of them all. It's the most affluent, certainly. Ooh la la. Yeah, th it seems it when you get there. Um, a lot of people, a lot of those people from Quebec have ended up there. That, hmm. Yeah, we see a lot of them on the streets here. Are they like tree planters? Um, I don't know about that. Kind of like street punk looking people. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the 
Barry Metro type. Yeah, but they end up there, and um, they they uh, they really made me feel unwelcome when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Quebecois way. Yeah, I don't know. They're like they 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 said, "What are you from Abu Dhabi or something?" And I'm like, "What does that even mean?" Like, I'm not. I'm not. It's, no. I like. It seems like you're being racist, but extremely inaccurately. Yeah. Like, is it because I'm not? I don't live here. I don't know, but. In any case, it's a cool island. They have uh, Salt Spring Cidery, which mm-hmm. makes really good cider. And it's a cool place. They have a little sculpture garden there. Oh, that's fun. It's exactly what you would assume a golf island sculpture garden looks like. <laughs> but it's nice. And they have some breweries and just, yeah, generally it's a nice place. You should do a work trip there. Yeah, it seems it's working kitchens for so long. I didn't really have the ability to take a vacation schedule mm-hmm. or money-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and getting out of that industry feels like leaving an abusive relationship in a lot of ways. Because I'm seeing, like, well, it's totally normal to take a long weekend and, like, go somewhere. It's a real it's thing. It's not that crazy to put $500 away to do something. No, you treat yourself, buddy. Like, you even now, it. I don't make that much money, but I could save up $500 in a couple of months to go on a weekend trip you could and you would have a very good time it'd be worth it yeah it turns out that's a very normal thing to do it, it is treat yourself my friend if there's anything that that television show parks and recreation taught me it is treat yourself <laughs> uh i think that is this is another uh segment uh mental health tips oh. i would say that's a great one that is a good one take care of yourself it's very hard to to remember to do, mm-hmm. especially if you come from like an ex-Catholic family or something. Oh, like I feel like there's not as many straight-up Catholics these days, but there's a right. lot of people whose like parents were brought up Catholic, and so some trickling ca- Catholic Catholic ideals. Yeah, find so you still like it's not. He has a cigarette in his ear. Oh, sick dog! You got a cigarette through your gauge. That's 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 pretty cool. Pretty gross. That's re- <laughs> he's gonna put that in his mouth after. That's yeah. Huh. Smoking ear grease. Yeah, well, who knows? It's the look. Um, but yeah, other mental health tips? Shit, call in and give me some. Please. Uh, what did I say last time? Go for a walk? Yeah, clearing your head. Yeah, totally. I really, I didn't know I was doing it forever, but my whole life I've just gone for like a little walk to mm-hmm. like do nothing. And it turns out it's called walking meditation. That's brilliant. You can get into a zone where you stop really noticing things and you're like on autopilot a bit Mm -hmm. and you notice like you haven't focused on an idea for 20 minutes. I think that's healthy. That's great. It's like sleep. Yeah. It's really easy to get a a mind that's overworking and too busy and like all that interior chatter is difficult to deal with sometimes. Do you, what what kind of self-care things do you do for yourself? Not enough. I'm very fortunate that I have a, a very loving partner who keeps me in check. So shout out to Lori for telling me when I'm getting too deep into my practice or just getting a little bit crazy. Settle down. Remove yourself from a thing. If you're getting so involved in your art and you're thinking it's all shit, if you just step back for a second, maybe a night, and then go back the next day, you're like, what was I even sweating about? I don't know. It's easy, it's yeah, easy it's like, to get consumed by a thing. So, like you're saying, just take a little like, break. Oh, all I had to do is put a fucking hole in this thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, why was I losing my mind over it? Yeah, like straight up making me insane. But uh, 
Yeah, I think being able to just stop and step back is probably a, one of the biggest ones that I should try to practice more of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, taking breaks. Taking breaks. Is, that's another thing I've learned at the, the studio. Mm. It's like, I don't know, maybe every hour and a half, take five minutes. It's worth it. Don't do anything. Yeah. Don't let, look at your Instagram. Just chill. Yeah, let your brain kind of rev down a little bit. Yeah. And don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, that's another like, one. You know, working on uh, big pieces especially, you go like almost blind to what you're doing if you're focusing on just little details and trying to find like a little texture thing here, like a little thing like this, like spraying a patina evenly. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while you just need to stop looking at it for a minute and come back to it later so you can properly see it. Because mm -hmm. you get, you create this little, these certain areas you keep focusing on, like, oh, there's a dark patch over here. And then that starts to be where your eye goes every time. Instead so you of stop seeing, seeing the total thing. around it. Yeah, no, that's very true. Hmm. Are you finding that you're working on anything for your own uh, practice? Like, are you, have you f started a practice of yourself for yourself? Uh, yes, I have started doing a little sculpting myself. Good. Uh, it's something I really liked when I was a kid. And I don't know why it never seemed as prominent a type of art to me as like drawing or painting mm -hmm. but I, it never clicked in my head that like you could be a sculptor I feel that too I I don't know if I ever thought that either and I think uh, manipulating three-dimensional space is it's nice it it's it's really cool and comes more naturally to me than drawing okay because if you look at a thing you're seeing a 3d thing mm -hmm. and something about translating that to a 2d image uh, doesn't work as well in my head as replicating the 3D thing. I get that. Uh, like, when I draw, it comes out very, very cartoony. And, uh, like, I can't get away from, you know, when they turn something upside down to draw it. So you stop drawing your idea of it. Right. And you draw the shapes of it. Yes. I have a hard time not drawing my idea of things. I feel that. What Da Vinci used to do was draw upside down in, in a mirror. Yeah, well, he's a fucking maniac. Yeah, polymath motherfucker. Uh, so, yeah, something about sculpture makes more sense to me, and learning more how sculpture works, it becomes more and more exciting. Awesome. Like, there's a lot of public public sculpture that I've seen in my life that seems like bullshit. Agreed. And, like, I might still not like how it looks, or might not think it's a very significant thing to have made, but just knowing how much work went into making it, mm -hmm. I'm now much more impressed that they did it at all. Like I feel that. Getting together a proposal for this thing and then making it and then remaking it like two or three times yeah. through different processes. And then letting it exist in the, in the public space for like people like you and I to dissect and make yeah, fun of. That's it's, very scary. It's very scary. Yeah, I agree. That's actually one of my goals for the next... Well, I'm going to give myself a few years, but I, as soon as it happens, I, I will be very happy, is getting into public sculpture. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of how I foresee my... My branching as an artist. I can see the stuff that you do working on like a big scale I hope, in a park or something. I hope it could, yeah. Like that's kind of how I'm approaching a lot of what I'm making now is almost like they're maquettes of something that could be bigger. I feel like people in public sculpture really shy away from like figurative stuff mm -hmm. or because it looks kind of old fashioned, right? Like, mm -hmm. a, like a war memorial statue or something. Uh, more abstract stuff seems to be Where is that? much easier to put around. And I'm fortunately quite abstract. It's figurative abstraction, but I'm still, I'm kind of like touching both realms. 
Yeah, because yeah, in Quebec, there's a lot of that stuff from like the '60s and '70s. I still have never been that, to Quebec. You know, once in a while there'll be one I like, but mostly it's like, well, what a waste of concrete for this fucking thing you just made. Right. Uh, but there, because it's too abstract. It's like it's just a shape. I don't see anything you're trying to tell me right. with this. And I think there should be a certain element to your artwork that you can just look at it and get something. Get something. Doesn't right. even have to be what the artist's intention was, but you should be able to look and cr- it sparks a little narrative in your head. I feel that. If you have to explain it before I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's good, then I don't know if it's an effective piece of art. I think that, that like, is very like true. A very like pretentious at mm-hmm. that point and like oh it's for art students to think about and like an art critic to say like oh very interesting how they did this no but i, w- I want to hear the be for everyone yeah and i want to hear the narrative look at it and tell you wh- that it's oh it's about this totally and that's actually one of the most exciting things to hear is like people looking at your work and then giving you a different storyline or premise as to what they dissect it as because like sometimes they say a thing that i never thought about and then I see it immediately, and I'm like, oh, shit, maybe that is what this piece is about yeah. now. And I'm like, ah, oh, I really appreciate that feedback. And I think that's maybe a good sign of the things that other people can find in it that you never thought of, and then they're able to convince you what your own thing is about. I think that's great, totally, yeah. It's like, oh, I guess I, I do have an abusive family. Yeah, oh, my God, I had like, traumatic I thought they trauma were nice, in my childhood. But... Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's it's good to be open to that feedback and receptive to it. But I agree that there's a lot of funny public art that does nothing for me. Vancouver has a lot of it. Yeah, I do like some stuff like the uh, the ceramic poodle. Everyone gives that a hard time. Where's that one? Up on Main Street. Okay, yeah, right. Uh, or like 20, 20th or yeah. something around there. They Yeah, it's it, so it does funny. get a lot of hard time. Yeah. It's funny. What's wrong with that? It's great. It's a thing. Like, how it does it make you smile to look up and see a big ceramic poodle in the air? Kind of. What it? I think what it reminds me of is like biting Jeff Koons, though, because he's all about those big old bubbly ceramic-looking poodles. Yeah. Metallic poodles, but I mean. Well, he's fucking dogs are in a lot of art throughout they, history. Dogs are just they're you there. You can't. Yeah. Trademark no, a dog. You, no, I agree. You cannot. There's only so many things in the world that people are going to make art about. Mm-hmm. And we can, like, we can be biting on this, but they made it a public sculpture, so even in the end, if you don't like it, you have to give them kudos because they got they that They fucking far. did it. They fucking did it. Where's your public piece? Yeah, if exactly. You're so great. Nowhere. So I'm not great <laughs> yet. Um, kudos to everyone that's making public sculpture and getting there because that's a rigmarole to even come up with a proposal and be accepted and go through the whole process of working with the city. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's a big part of your job as an artist is to figure out how to sell your work. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the people. hardest parts of being an artist. Making a making art is probably the easiest thing an artist can do. Sure, because anyone can do that. Anybody can do it, and you can focus all your time and make all your work, but, like, how are you going to get it seen? And you need to, like, figuring out what about your work is valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you're technically amazing. Maybe you, like, don't have a very big technical range, but you're so honest with your stuff and able to like hit something right on the head and then that connects with people greater than technical skill can yeah like a like internet cartoon strip people those are like 
If you can make a little two-panel he, thing... He's just stopping instead of going. Oh, this nice. Thing. There's a guy in the oh, road. Okay. Just loving the middle of the crosswalk. Yeah, and then it was going to back up, but nope. Hmm. Good one. Uh, yeah. Like, like, how does that not make you an amazing artist? If you can make two panels that millions of people are like, that's exactly how I feel. And it's so ambiguous. Like, it's not even saying a thing. And it's so open for interpretation. It's like, oh, a guy looks at a bird and then makes a face. It's like, yeah. oh, oh I, yeah, I always do that when I see birds. I totally <laughs> understand this. Uh, yeah. I, I get that. Hmm. Uh, or, yeah, like, are you, are you someone that other professional artists like oh, that person yeah I get it but then people that aren't in the art scene love your stuff and you convince someone to give you a hundred thousand dollars for it does that is that any less valid or yeah. is that pretentious of the other people to say not everyone has to be the ultimate artist the smartest person in the world the person doing the most like edgy thing no there's enough people doing like, edgy stuff why can't you just make a thing that makes other people happy even if you sell so many that it becomes like cliche mm -hmm. like you know those... I think that's a good sign if you become cliche you've done something right yeah yeah and then you know it it would be cool if you were able to grow from that move on and like expand hopefully you do but yeah. like you already did a great thing it's yeah. like making fun of a one-hit wonder it's like what I don't have any hits exactly and this person has a hit and a one-hit wonder usually lasts generations people still remember that song and love it exactly just because you don't have other ones that were as good it's a hard thing to do it is in the first place it is and what even makes it like it's it's so many weird little factors that allow a thing to become a hit i mean money well, that's <laughs> usually the biggest factor yeah <laughs> touche mm, that's the other frustrating thing is seeing how many artists and like Wow, like good for them for making it. Like, well, they're married to a rich person, or yeah. their parents are rich, or like, oh, so it's not. They're not necessarily making it. They're right as place, an artist. right time. They just have enough money to keep doing it. Mm hmm. It's getting into some like Malcolm Gladwell outliers type shit. It's all circumstantially uh, byproduct of like where you are and how you how you got there. Yeah, if you can just afford to blow a bunch of money on your studio for 25 years you eventually learn maybe how to do something that will sell in the scene you're in yes. and get a show exactly if you have some white walls in that studio the the rich people might come in and be like oh this person has a nice studio I have to buy their art now it's like being a Canadian comedian if you go for long enough eventually the CBC will give you a job somewhere <laughs> doing something exactly exactly would you ever do comedy on the CBC uh, I guess like my dream I, since I was a child. Yeah, there you go. I think you would be excellent. My CBC, give Nick Pound a freaking sketch show. Yeah, oh man, if I could have a team of people helping me make a sketch show. That would be amazing. I was talking about this with Drew the other day. We were filming. It's like, huh, all right. Maybe we should film a sketch or two because... I think you should. I think your <sighs> network so is vast work. enough. But it's that's just it. I think that you know enough people now that have the skills that could help alleviate a lot of that work if you outsourced it like your network encapsulates a lot of creatives that can help yeah. you push a thing my biggest fear honestly is uh having other people act in it and being mm. the director because mm. well maybe you need to act every single thing uh, every role every role i'm gonna clumps it <laughs> yeah just clumps it 
Cause have, I, you, have you watched that I Think You Should Leave on Netflix with Tim Robinson? Yeah. It's hilarious. It's great. It the, makes me so uncomfortable. The Fred Willard <laughs> organist sketch. It's so made good. Made me so goddamn happy. Yeah. Because that is... That's why I love Fred Willard. He's the perfect person to play that character. Yes. And the guy with just an old-fashioned sound effects box. At the wrong time. Is That is who I want to be as a human being. I could see you being very well at that, Nick. <laughs> but yeah, just like abs- so absurd, it's hard to even understand what the purpose of it is. But it makes you feel a thing. Yeah. I think one of the... And I did laugh out loud many, many times in that show just because of the... The editing is amazing on it. It is. The timing of cutting to someone's weird face. Yes. Is perfect. Yes. Uh, but the thing that intimidates me about doing that is I would have to be the director. I'd have to be in charge of it all. Because uh, I believe that I know what is good. Yeah. But I don't want to make everyone realize I'm not as nice as they thought. <laughs> well, you just don't have to be the person... You can tell a person to tell the people yeah. to do a thing. Dude, go tell this person yeah. they're doing a bad job and they need to change their face. Exactly. Exactly. If that was coming from Drew, then listen. Oh, of course. I was like, well, yeah, of course you're being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Drew. Uh, come back on the show one day. You're a co-host, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but... There's also... I'm starting to realize this is something that uh, David Robinson, my, the guy I work for, told me. Because I was talking about, he was like, oh, you should get into voice acting. That would be good. Which I would do. I just feel like I need to spend about $2,000 to take a class and get a demo. I don't real, think you do. I think person. you need to spend $2,000 of your own money in your own time just recording a bunch of shit. I just don't know what to put in like a two-minute demo that mm. would help me get jobs I got is you. the thing. Like That's how, okay. Yes, I understand. I just what want you're that advice from a professional person to say, like, if you're gonna do a thing, don't waste your time by doing it the wrong way. Right. Here's how you should do it. Right. No, that's that's valid for sure. Um, but then I was like, oh, you know, I just I don't know if I like have the chops to do this thing, or, like the actual, you know, the talent you need to be really successful. It's like I think you're worried too much about uh, having the talent to do something, versus it would be fun to do this thing. Yeah. Well. And like that unlocked a little thing in my brain. It's like, oh, right. I don't need everyone else to be the best in the world at something to like them. No, you just need to like them. Yeah. You need to, t- if, if you can tell a person is doing this thing based on passion, I think that that speaks to, to the viewer as well. Like, you can tell if a person feels what they're doing, even if it's not the most ex- excellently executed thing. Yeah, so just giving myself the permission to be mediocre at something, I think, was a a big revelation. Totally. As your friend and as someone who has watched you do comedy and hosting for a long time, I think you're above mediocre, though. Just so you know, buddy. Well, I just, I'm not willing to put in work is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, understand. Uh, I also, like, it took me a long time to figure out what I like about performing as well. I thought I wanted to be a stand-up for a long time mm-hmm. turns out I don't really like doing that because I don't like repeating jokes mm. that feels too false mm-hmm. I'm not good enough at acting like oh here's a thing I just thought of and then next week saying the same thing yeah yeah. Uh, and it's just it's <laughs> no offense to any comics but it's too desperate of a lifestyle 
I think it's it's a young young person's game. On Being a touring comic seems like a terrible job and life. Yes, until you've made it. Until you've made it, but and that's then about it's anything. Half and half. Yeah, being an artist sucks. Until I imagine, until you've made it, I don't know. I think I'm for my for, for my personality though, I could see enjoying having my little studio and like my little home where I do stuff. Yeah. More than always being on the road. Yes. Like not having an address. Yeah. The problem with that is that like as a stand-up comic you are vying for the approval of an audience. You're not yeah. doing it innately for yourself. You're not going to stand in a mirror all day long to laugh at your own jokes. You need to hear a laugh. Yeah. yeah. And you can jerk off into the corner of a studio for a very long time. For the rest of my life if Before I needed to. Before you yeah. get a crowd of people telling you, this is bad! <laughs> exactly. Or a crowd of people jerking you off instead. So. Or like a crowd of people that you're like, look at this thing I made, and then no one looks at it. Yeah, exactly. That happens too. Uh, but I love hosting things. And you're very I good at it. I love being in the moment. I like running a room. Oh, a whole listen to that, folks. It's a lot of cool Vancouver guys a right there. Sweet cycle crew rolling through. A lot of tattoos on those arms. Uh, I like trying to control a crowd and getting a room of people from obviously not paying any attention to me to everyone looking at me and listening to what I'm saying mm -hmm. is a very fun feeling. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that you do maybe without even intentionally is like you're really good at shock comedy. I think you catch a lot of people off guard with some of your comments. Anytime I'm at Snag, I look around and there's, especially if it's people that maybe have never attended Snag before, they're kind of like open-mouthed. Like, <laughs> what, what the hell am I watching right now? And I love it so much. It's and I don't even feel like I'm that wild, but I'm not afraid of saying something, you know, kind of dirty, just out there, off off the cuff is or like you're good at it, a bit rude, because yeah. and I think maybe that the reason that works is because I am sincerely trying to be supportive and nice and welcoming, totally. But then my sense of humor is to be a dick, so it's fine balance. So when you throw that in. It's not what people expect, maybe. Certainly not. As someone who's attended for many years, it's, I never know what to expect. And it's, it's always honest. It is always honest. And that is also something that rings true as you're looking at it. It's like, oh, this is Nick. He's not putting on. This is just Nick. And I think, like, I believe what I'm saying, even if it's like a dickhead comment. Yeah. But it doesn't mean uh, I don't also like the fact that this person did the thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Huh. I, I want you to make some sketches, but Okay, maybe that's my inherent voice as a performer. Uh, well, I've actually said this before. I'm the world's nicest asshole. You're a, a bleached asshole. I'm on your side, yeah. but I also have some opinions about what you're doing. Yes, and I will voice it in a unique way that you won't tell if I'm berating you or applauding <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> wow, maybe. This is a thing. This whole Catholic thing is working out for me after all. Yeah, wow. Uh, okay, let's take a little break. David, we're going to play a music by you. Oh, this is old music, friends. Very old. This is vintage. vintage. Four years ago. Four uh, years a gold. A gold. <laughs> Four years a gold. Hashtag experimental...
And we're back from break. Some technical difficulties there. God only knows what happened. Well, we actually know what did happen. My computer dropped the network it was on to connect to a different one that didn't know the password to. That wasn't my song. I happen to be yeah, I mean, oh. doing a lot of running and uh, cycling, What's swimming. What's happening? You know all about that. Oh no, actually, I don't. I play real sports. Not trying to what be the, the best Christ? at exercising. Wow. <laughs> As a ghost showed up to play another show, I think. That was strange. Oh, it's got the hook from the computer system. Yes. Technology, it's coming at us. All right. Speaking of ghosts and freaky stuff. Uh, now, now this is. Let's get the into fun it. Stuff. Let's do it. Let's get there. David, we bonded over this what, like four years ago? A few years ago, my man. Definitely, definitely in that realm, four or five even. Uh, what are your experiences with uh, extraterrestrial beings? We're not going to get too into that, just because I think I'll lose a lot of uh, friends. But <laughs> you're going to lose friends. <laughs> I've had you have a lot of you have a lot of people in the FBI. Yeah, I don't know. Um, definitely had some experiences and just firmly ingrained in my mind that we're not alone anymore or we never were um yeah just i feel the infinite nature of the universe kind of suggests there has to be mm -hmm. definitely other life in the universe sentience for sure there's just so much time and literal space literal fucking space that for sure there's people like us on another planet somewhere that have come and gone and that maybe didn't kill themselves off via fucking nuclear war and climate fucking killing maybe maybe they grew with the planet in symbiosis and allowed themselves to escape and uh and travel beyond their own solar systems but what do you okay so what do you think about um do you think it's possible to achieve a level of technology on a physics level that you could travel from light years away certainly to another place definitely i just like what wormholes uh potentially wormholes i certainly don't think it's going to be uh fucking fossil fuel based <laughs> it's not sure. diesel it's not going to be diesel or premium gasoline no i think it's um it'll be uh anti-gravity propulsion systems and I think that there's been the technology that's been developed on this planet, and then it's been fucking squashed. Oh, by Nikola Tesla. Him and then many people after, but not just him. I think that that kind of goes with how some of the pyramids might have been made. And, um, yeah, it's, there's, there's modern physicists who have created anti-gravity propulsion devices that get, get killed. They, like, hmm. their machines get destroyed. What do you think about, uh, do you know the story of the Coral Castle? I was just going to tell you about Ed Leedskalnin. Yes, I do know the story That's of the okay, Coral well, Castle. Okay, well, tell the listener. Okay, so Ed Leedskalnin was um, a man, I can't remember where in Europe he was from, but he, he never finished school or anything, and he uh, came to America because he had his heart broken. He was a little man, like just over five feet tall, and just in Florida is where he resided, and he developed, or he built a, a whole series of large rock structures that no one fully knows how he made them but he's he like in his backyard or something in, right? yeah in on his plot of land you you guys should look it up just coral castle look it up the structures are absolutely beautiful but he um created a manifesto in three parts and this is the only literature he put out 
and he claims to have discovered and understood the way in which the pyramids were built and it was through magnetic levitation and there's stories of when he was building these castles two young boys came across him he would only work at night because he never wanted to be seen but they would see him uh, carrying these like three-ton boulders in his hands with these cones and the boulders would be kind of like levitating above the cones and he was able to manipulate them and he developed some systems of uh of like magnetic levitation based purely off of physics that he understood now do you think is it magnets or is it like a sonic well it thing? It, it could be it was all vibration right it's, it doesn't matter mm, what it is it's what all, the source it's all it's all we are it's all tapping into the source essentially um, but it's amazing because, because this is kind of like in modern times that we've witnessed now someone that had the ability to move these large structures single-handedly by himself. He never had help. And uh, the account of these two boys is apparently the only one that is on record of, of seeing how he did it. But within his manifestos, apparently he's kind of like hidden in his language how, how if we wanted to reproduce these objects that he created, we could. Now, why wouldn't he just tell people? I think that he was jaded. He was a very jaded man. Well, also, if he did, maybe he would have gotten, like, uh, quashed by yeah. some energy company. Yeah, I think maybe, for sure. He was kind of a contemporary to Tesla, but not. They, they never knew each other. And he, he, his happened, sh like, after Tesla's big, uh, big discoveries Well, because he was doing that well into, what, the 50s? I think so. I think he passed in the 50s or the 60s. But you can you can go now and, and uh, see like you can. It's a t tourist attraction now. Like you can go and check out the castle. Yeah, the, I mean, there's look at pictures now, and there's pieces of stone that would weigh I don't know many tons, ten thousand pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to lift a rock. <laughs> They're pretty heavy. They're pretty heavy and cumbersome. They're pretty freaking cumbersome. And yeah, so I'm I'm fascinated by that because how how do you accomplish it without ever having someone hang around long enough to see it? Like why why wasn't he more bothered by people standing around trying to see him do his stuff? Totally. I think a lot of people were a little bit scared of him. He was he was very standoffish. And uh, I think people thought he was just crazy. What do you believe about telekinesis? That is a funny one. I think there's a lot of people that try to exploit the idea that they have telekinetic powers, but I think it's a thing that's real. I just don't fully, I don't know enough about it to really comment on it, but. I have had a lot of dreams where I'm telekinetic. Okay. Uh, a couple of very vivid ones where I was making a green paper clip that I bent uh, into 90 degree angle jump. Curious. And then I had a, a dream where I was making water running out of a faucet uh, curve with my hand. Very curious. And then I looked that up and turns out that's a thing. It is it's a like thing. It's like a common telekinetic test, mm -hmm. which also could just be explained by static electricity, kind of. Yes, potentially, but it could also not be. So there are a lot. There lies the rub. So I have a, a very deep hope in my heart that telekinesis is real and exists and that I have the ability, but I'm also too scared to really try and do it in case I can't because that would be too heartbreaking. I think you should just try. It could be worth the heartbreak. 
Oh my god. Then always a part of that dream is like the panic of like, holy shit, I have telekinesis. What do I do? Do I sh- tell people? Can you help the world now? Who knows? Can't, no, it seems like you can only make a paperclip jump. Fuck, hey? But it's pretty fucking cool that that can happen. It is. And it's pretty cool that it's, it's a thing that a lot of people have like speculated that they experience. There's something underlying within that, for sure. Is it, I mean, then a lot of my fantasies are just like, oh, you could be so lazy if you're telekinetic. You could. Imagine if you're, like, you're on the couch and you just make a bag of chips hover over to you. It would be great. It would uh, totally be... I would, And then open for you. And then I imagine having that ability, learning it, and then not telling anyone, and then one day just using it in the most banal way possible. <laughs> like, you, oh, can you pass the salt? It just like slides over to your hand and then you pass it. That would be great. Don't mention it. Just, yeah, nonchalantly go go about your business. Your wife immediately leaves you because she now doesn't think she can trust you ever again because yeah. you've kept this from her. Because you're a freak now. You actually you were always a freak, but now she just knows it. Yeah, I always... When you see like a show like Heroes or X-Men or whatever, when people get these crazy powers, I'm like, why wouldn't you just show everyone? That's so cool. It is so cool. But then but it does seem like you would act, you would be in trouble for being that special. I think X-Men does a good uh, example or uh, showcase of that. Like People are generally afraid of what they don't understand. Yeah, I think human nature would push you underground. Yeah, they'd put you in a lab somewhere to try to study what the fuck's going on. These are all experiments that the government has been doing for 100 years, though. It's true. Yeah. MKUltra yeah, wasn't just throwing guys out of windows on acid. It was not just that. That was a part of it, but it was not just that. That's for sure. Uh, like remote viewing? Yep. That is something I think also exp- is real. I have friends that have uh, very interesting stories about astral projection. Mm-hmm. That... Well, granted, they're just telling me the story, but where they got confirmation after about the thing they saw while they were in their bed. Like, I went over to this person's room, and they were doing this, and then I asked them the next day, were you doing this? And like, yes, how did you know? That's wild. I don't know firsthand anybody that has uh, experienced that, but I do think it's real. Well, because why not? That's literally it, Nick. Why the fuck not? Why would your brain be limited by the three dimensions that we perceived concretely Mm -hmm. why why couldn't your consciousness which is obviously maybe not obviously some people would argue that it is just a physical reaction your body causes consciousness Mm -hmm. but it really seems to me like there might be another layer to consciousness well i think where it exists beyond our physical form i i think so i think that even like you you explaining that we uh are existing in this 3D space, we're only experiencing such a fraction of what this 3D space is, right? Like, we can't experience all of the light waves, but they're all around us. We yeah, know that. Yeah, birds can see all kinds of shit we can't. Yeah, Because totally. they can see infrared light, some of them. Yeah, and there's there's all of these uh, different waveforms existing around us that we can't comprehend or see, but they're existing around us, and they're there. How the hell are you guys listening to us right now? It's happening. It's not my voice just magically appearing out of whatever you're listening to. And if, you know, doctors and scientists were like, this is exactly how the brain works. We figured it out. Mm -hmm. This is it. Like, okay, maybe I'll buy that. But they don't know. They've never once said that, no. Nobody knows how consciousness works. No, it's the one thing that nobody, nobody freaking knows. Have you, do you know the series Magical Egypt? 
No. It uh, was a documentary series from maybe like 15 years ago now, the original one. Is that the one with Sir Anthony West? Gary Anthony West, yeah. yeah okay. And um, Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock's, yeah. And uh, the other guy yeah, that's uh, in their crew. Uh, Robert Shock. Yes. Uh, and so the first one is about the, the Sphinx and the weathering on it. Yeah, and so how Ro- Robert Shock is a big proponent of that. Geologically, it doesn't make sense for the Sphinx to be in the condition it's in no. if it's under 10,000 years old. And is um, that speculation is amazing because it's coming from PhD scientists who are accredited. From uh, that started at a geology thing, not yeah. like, well, I wonder if there's an older civilization. No, Here's it, how I can justify it. They're purely speaking on the weather erosion. Yeah. It's like, like that, he just looked at this yeah. like, oh, that's rain erosion. And that, there hasn't been rain for 12,000 years here. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't make sense now. Yeah. Uh, so they recently did a uh, part two okay. on it. Uh, that is, I mean, Gary Anthony West is a little bit involved, but was dying of cancer at the yeah. time. Uh, I don't think Graham Hancock is really involved. There's a few clips of him, but it's about the ancient Egyptian understanding of consciousness. Okay. And how, like, the Eye of Horus is uh, basically a, a drawing of the pineal gland. Yes. And all their architecture is meant to symbolize, like, the two halves of the brain and the connection between them. Right. Uh, and all that sort of stuff. So suggesting they had a, an understanding of consciousness much deeper than ours that led to their whole spirituality and the, you know, things that you'd come up with if you're on acid or mushrooms, like a guy right. with a falcon head that, like, brings you across the bridge of death. But how do we know that shit's not real? Like, yeah, may- maybe they're just existing in another plane that's synonymously happening right now that we're just not experiencing. Or, you know, Egyptians got far enough in expanding consciousness to get to a place where they're experiencing uh, part of the grander level, but it's still restricted by the things that they knew mm. and could explain things through the language of, like... Dogma. A bird. Yeah. A bird is a bird. A bird exactly. is a bird, but I saw a thing that kind of had a bird head. Yeah. I saw a thing that reminded me of a snake, thusly is now Quetzalcoatl. Uh, yeah, maybe it was just a being that was all things at once. Yeah. But had a few more traits that you associate with this thing. So the only way your human brain can get that description out was like, it was like half man and half animal, uh, but it was also the embodiment of judgment of character. Totally, or like the... Those, the wheels that Ezekiel saw as they came down and descended from the sky, it was like wheels within wheels within wheels that were turning, and there was fire emitting from it. But that sounds like a fucking spaceship so to me. fractal yeah. energy patterns? Yeah, it's, who knows what he experienced. Like, wheels within wheels isn't that, like, uh, not a crystal structure, but the way, like, a fractal uh, thing. Fractalization, certainly. But also... That's just trying to symbolize a thing with words or things that we have here to experience. Yeah. Yeah, a fire. Like, it's the only way you could explain the most amount of energy you've ever seen. Is fire. Yeah. That's the only time I find fire so interesting. Because, like, what is fire? I can't really answer that. It's what you see in a chemical reaction. Totally, but it seems like a living thing. It seems like a substance. Totally. But it's just the way our eyes are perceiving 
that amount of energy. And it's, yeah, it's just a byproduct. That's all it is. It's a byproduct of a reaction that's happening in front of us. Yeah, we're seeing it manipulate the light waves we are able to perceive. Mm -hmm. And you normally don't see energy that concentrated just in open, like, air. Correct. What, like, is, what is the craziest thing that you believe, Nick? <sighs> craziest thing I believe... Uh, is that I'm some kind of psychic. Hmm. Not... I've had I've had dreams, and then years later been in the like the scene I was dreaming. Hmm. It's always been something very banal. It's normally when I start a, a new job, that I end up being at for a while. Right. I'll like, oh, that's what this dream was was walking into this room for this meeting or hanging out here Strange. talking with people after work. So yeah, the experience almost like validates oh. that whatever you saw beforehand. I'm also. Uh, quite good at guessing what someone has to tell me okay. or what they're going to say when someone you know someone gets halfway through a sentence and can't picture the word they want to use uh, and even when it's not I don't have any context for it so it's just like oh I was uh, I was like looking in your email like, yes <laughs> crazy and I don't that could be I'm very good at cold reading or something innately and mm -hmm. so I'm doing that trick to myself where I saw them about to pronounce the letter E. And so, like, I go to email because I know this person also deals with the emails at their job. And right. uh, so am I just picking up micro things and then creating a, a logical a story to what they might be doing? Like yeah, a very you, good you educated guess. How it's coming together, yes. Or do I always know what word someone's about to say because... You're dope. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> and I tuned into some other thing where I'm reading their mind a little bit. Or, like, I have one friend, especially my best friend. It's a person I know the best as a human being. Mm -hmm. And knows me the same way. Anytime she's called me to, like, give me some news, like, the phone's ready, like, oh, uh, she's pregnant. Crazy. I feel like I have something to tell you. Yeah. It's like, okay, what is it? I'm pregnant. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> exactly. And I think that speaks on like when you have connections with people that you've developed for a long time, you guys are, are experiencing something greater than just the physical. I think a lot of people experience that, but maybe they don't know how to put it into words or whatever. Yeah. And I also, I feel like my brain is on the edge of a psychedelic place a lot of the time. Yes. So anytime I've done psychedelic drugs, I've been with other people who've done the same amount as me, and they're freaking out. And I'm like, this no, is we're normal. just on drugs. Yeah. This is like, yeah, of course we feel this way. Yeah. Because we took drugs. We're not always going to feel this way. It's right now because we took drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're in the park next to our house. We're not lost. Yes, exactly. These uh, trees are not speaking to us, although they are, they're not. And like, I've never been freaked out by the things my brain does because I'm like, huh. Yeah, of course. You have weird lateral thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, like, of course everything's connected. Exactly. Uh, I think, if nothing else, those experiences that you have on a substance, once you come out of them, it should just have at least opened your eyes to a thing that's probably mm -hmm. existing beyond what you can see. Like, we have a veil over us at all moments until maybe, maybe you can penetrate that veil because you've altered your chemical uh, makeup inside your brain. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah, because there are experiences, like, where you're on a ton of mushrooms, and your friend's like, oh, my God, do you know what I'm thinking? And you're like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they're like, wait, what is it? And then you say a totally abstract thought, and like, oh, that was it. Yes. Exactly. And it, so there is something to that psychedelic thing where weird things happen, and you, you have this non-lingual communication happening between people's brains. I think that, that yes, many people like experience it. So many people are just not good at being tuned into that. Totally. Or they're just like, yeah, they're not open to what it truly is. So they, they just brush it off as being, okay, I'm high, this is it. Well, instead of I'm high and now a door has been opened, that has been closed forever. Yeah, like maybe take a look at how brains work yeah. and like how complex society and existence is. And like maybe you're just stuck in a rut yeah. where that's not possible based on the narrative you have of yeah. existence. But it's so much more than that. Like, if you look at what quantum physics is, it's so complex and happens on such a strange level of things mm -hmm. where, so, like, matter doesn't really exist. We're just happening to perceive the moments when it does on a consistent enough level that it seems like it's there. And we can speculate that it's there, but I don't know. I think that that's the greatest thing about... Um, about this modern science or maybe not great is the right word but that everyone is saying they don't know what the fuck is happening it's all speculation yeah and it's crazy to me that people who are exploring particle physics and then those that are ex exploring astral physics like the macro and the micro they don't link up but how is that because like the astral is made up of the little like it should all just make it should correlate but it doesn't so yeah. neither seems to be correct because everything is mostly empty space literally fucking empty space and then also if you look at light on a small enough scale it doesn't matter where it is and like it can travel from here to there without traveling from two places mm -hmm. it just exists in both those places simultaneously and so there's no such thing as distance no there's no such thing as time Certainly not. There's no such thing as separation between things. We just happen to be perceiving things in a way that makes them seem separate. Mm -hmm. Like if you put your hand on the table in front of you, you're not touching anything. You're bouncing against energy fields between things in a mostly empty space. Correct. And if you think about, like, what when you experience time, what are you experiencing you're never experiencing your past that's only a memory you can yeah. only project what the future is you only ever experience now now will only ever be now right the past is gone the future doesn't exist yeah so but the past like, was the past will like always corny, just be a now you know a meditation guru thing it like does. the only thing that exists is this very present moment and each time you perceive that moment it's already gone mm -hmm. so you thinking about it you're in the past and you're making up that story about being in the past because the past is gone. Precisely. And you didn't experience 99.999% of what was happening in that moment. Exactly. And all you're experiencing is that thought of what it was or what it is. And that's like you could have had that thought then. That's such a thing you made up. Yeah. You and now you're writing a whole story based on that basis. We're all such good authors. Writing shit. Yeah. Constantly on such a micro level. Yeah. Like, e and this is like a classic, uh, like, stoner thought, or like the first, like, trippy thing you think of when you're a kid, but, like, 
how do I know that when I see blue and you see blue, we're seeing the same thing at all? Yeah, precisely. Like, who knows? And, and also, there's colorblind people. So even if there is a physical explanation on how an eye works and how, uh, you know, light works, mm-hmm. so you're perceiving, like, this type of light, which is this color, and we all have the same brain, so it gets that same thing. There's colorblind people. And then there's not just colorblind. There's, like, red and there's green colorblind. There's different colorblind yeah, people. Yeah, it's strange. And it's, it's more... Uh, it happens more in men than it does in women as well. And so, like, there's... This physiology that's dictating that, and yeah, why? Yeah, why, and then why? there's tetrachromats that can see more colors than other people. Yes. Uh, which I think I might be. Yeah. Because, but then I might just have an ego. Yeah, that's true. The one that I know. I might just be good at taking internet tests. Ah, fuck those internet tests, man. Do you have a high Q? Uh, yes. You do have a high Q, don't you? But again, IQ is based on being good at taking Western test design for white people with a Christian background. It is. Uh, and yeah, I came up through a system based on those things. You fit all the parameters. And like, I'm clever in, in certain ways. Like, I'm good at bullshitting, which means I'm good at taking tests. Because I'm good at seeing what you want me to say and then giving you that. Which doesn't necessarily mean you're smart at all. It means I'm getting played by the system, telling me what I should focus on being good at. And that's where your energy is spent. Yeah. Whereas, like, I could also spend that energy taking the first question and writing an article about how I think it's bullshit and why we're even thinking about this. Totally. But I want to do well on that test. Yeah. Ego is a fucking thing. Yeah, like, I even know this thing is bullshit. I know this test is from Cosmo magazine. But I want to do well at it because that is gratification. Exactly. I don't care if you're wrong. I still want you to tell me that I'm good. Yes, and I am right. God damn it, I just want to hear I'm right. Yeah, and it's... The worst thing is it doesn't really do anything for you to get that. No. It's still up to you to figure out how you're right and be comfortable with that. Yeah, it's just a big ego stroke. Like, the only way to really be right is to figure out who you are and make that work for yourself and other people yes. so that you're being honest and getting what you want without fucking anyone else over. Hopefully. Hopefully but, you're, you're into not screwing people over. Uh, but then, like, where, what's the amount of inconveniencing someone else that is okay mm-hmm. and morally right? Because everything is a give and take like I'm willing to inconvenience myself for other people do something I maybe don't want to do but I can manage and it would make their day better totally uh, and that seems perfectly reasonable to me and it should like you should it should you that's should. a good thing to do <laughs> it is it's a good thing to make other people feel good we should want that but then accepting that for myself is very hard god damn like Nick. even saying like oh I've I want hot dogs tonight. Like, well, maybe I'll see what they want, and like, oh, maybe they'll say hot dogs. Yeah. But like, the but if they don't, won't. I'll, I'll have. Like, what I they guess want. like pizza's yeah. fine too. Yeah. Because yeah. like, it's not, it's not the biggest deal in the world if I have hot dogs. But it's what I wanted. But you could also just say, "I feel like hot dogs," mm-hmm. and then they say, "Like, I don't," and then you still say, "Okay." Exactly. Or they could have pizza, and you could have hot dogs. Yeah. Wow. DoorDash will do multiple stops. Gosh. This is a full-blown stoner conversation that makes no sense. Thank you for listening, everybody.
That's true. Also, mm, what was I going to say? It was really good. Oh, I hope you say it then. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think sharing the experience with another person might be more valuable than getting what you want. I will so agree I'm, with you. Especially with food. There's mm-hmm. something about sharing food with someone mm-hmm. that puts you on the same level and humanizes you both so much. Yeah, well, you're, it's, you're sharing nourishment. You're sharing this thing that allows a, you to continue on. It's a very basic thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, like, a basic need of life. Mm-hmm. That, and, like, Every piece of life needs it. Sex is too weird and like slightly not basic. It's fundamental. It's really not. But you're not going to die no if you don't have sex? Miss about sex, no. Uh, but like that's one of the greatest bonding experiences you could have with someone is being honest about like what will make you have an orgasm. Yeah, but also, I don't want to do that with every person. Yeah. I'll, I gladly want to share bread with every person. Yeah. yeah. It's a more accessible version of doing a fundamental thing. Correct. That every human needs. We need that connection. We need connections on several levels and nourishment, and it sustains you in a different way, like, absolutely. But I don't want to be doing every person. <laughs> That's, yeah, oh, who has the time? Yeah, who has the time and the energy? Gosh. Is it, what percentage of people do you think you would like to have sex with? Less than one. Less than one? Yeah. That seems low. It doesn't seem low? I don't know. Um, uh, one in point seven. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe like uh, maybe ten. That's, that seems high to me. Yeah, but I'm a real dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I mean maybe not all of them. Like the second you see them, like get them off. Let's do it. <laughs> but I feel like a a ten percent of humans could be attractive enough for me to have sex with if I like looked at them for long enough yeah but most people get more attractive the longer you stare at them yes well i think like everybody projects a certain way about them and the more you learn about a person you could become yeah when you figure out what someone's deal is yeah then you can see what is attractive about them yeah i think it's yeah it's pretty fun to try to dissect why a person is the way that they are and the more you learn about them you're like oh fuck you're complex yeah complexity is cool then you feel like an asshole yeah, because you're dissecting For having a, an idea about them to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Does it really smell like uh, cat piss in here, by the way? Kind of smells like cat pee, correct. Right. A little bit, not really faint. There's a faint wafting, wafting. As long as yes. it's not just me. It's not. I hope it's not you. For the listener, imagine yeah. you're smelling a faint waft of cat <laughs> urine. It's gross. Uh, David, you got two cats. Oh, yeah, we got two little kitties. The best. This is Cat Corner. Cat Corner with Nick and Dave. Uh, yes, Lou and Aloe. And they're uh, sisters from a litter of four. And we've had them since October, both Lori and I's first cats. And they're a great part of our life now. Are they they're like each other? They love each other, yes. And they well, love it's good us. that you've had them and they're like sisters because sometimes female cats uh, can be very aggressive with each other. What They battle. They definitely battle, but like a minute later, they'll love each other. So it's fun to see. Well, they're also kittens. That's yes, they are. Kittens are real feisty. They are, and actually, they're they're calming down now, compared to what they were. They're learning a to be murderers. Yes, precisely. Cats are are truly psychopaths. They are, but they're pretty pretty awesome little beings. That but I don't I don't think that's right actually because I definitely have felt empathy from a cat. Yeah. 
and like sincere like care and love i feel that they know when i'm down like if i'm feeling mm-hmm. depressed they give me more love than they usually do yeah, yeah. Uh, cats and dogs and I'm sure other animals, but I don't yeah. have experience of that, are, like, very good nurses. Mm-hmm. Dogs especially. All they really care about is, like, is everything okay? Is the, uh, like, uh, what's the group equilibrium like? Yes. Is someone off? Let me make them on. Let's, yeah. Yeah. I think that there's also the speculation that a cat's purr uh, is resonating at a, vi- at a vibration that is healing. It heals bones. It heals bones. And a lot of, I think that's why Egyptians really resonated with cats and put them on a high pedestal. Well, also, cats just have that big dick energy they that makes that. you yeah. feel like, oh, it's got to be a god. Otherwise, like, yeah. why would it act like this? This obviously really thinks it's the shit. Yeah, it almost, like, knows it's the shit. I like, have to believe it now. Like, just sit down in front of me, like, check it. I'm going to clean my shoulder. This is sick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You love this. Yeah, you love this. But don't touch me. And then, I'll yeah. tell you when to touch me. Five touches, and that's it. Yeah, yeah and, like, the you know, the they do some amazing things sometimes like amazing physical feats pretty wild physical feats they move in very unique ways i want to do a series of uh, paintings of my cats and i've joked with Lori about this because it's like we've become cat people now i'll put posts of my cat on my stories on instagram and i'm like oh fuck a year ago i would have made fun of these people i actually i make fun of myself when i do it still but i feel like a, a cat could be a good study for um like tension and yes. strength and they're both black and white cats so like they're little yin yangs when they melt Aww. together in balls yeah they're fun they're very pretty little cats cats uh how's t-shirt your cat t-shirt is wonderful yeah she's she's always been very greedy mm. and aggressive with food mm. uh, but she's l- lately been having a bit more manners like she'll Good. sit on the floor and wait for me to put food in her bowl does she meow at you hard Oh, yeah. Yeah, our cats, the time that they meow the most is when they know food is coming. Yeah, she's a screamer. She, they're screamers, yeah. <laughs> I also woke up this morning to screaming because she was inside, and then a jerk cat from across the street came to the window and was, like, looking at her. Instigator. So, yeah, and she... Is T-shirt allowed outside? Yes. Oh, that's she cool. She goes, she's a big outside girl. That's cool. Our cats are not allowed outside because there's a gang of, ca- of feral cats that live behind our house that will uh, fuck them up. Well, they're little, just little, too. They are just little, but I just, I, f- I fear for them because these feral cats have always been feral cats. Mm. Yeah. They so. know, they know how it it's goes on the streets. Yeah, it's a gang. Uh, what, do your cats have a favorite type of meat they like? The food that they seem to love the most is chicken and salmon hmm. mix. T-shirt yes. does not like chicken and salmon at all. Really? She, like, won't eat it. What, what, what is her favorite? Uh, she likes beef a lot. Our cats don't. Not hmm. big fans of beef. But it could be because uh, when we adopted them, they were having chicken uh, food. Like, that was the first wet food that they had was oh, chicken yeah. food. So I think that that may have become their, their flavor profile. But they also like tuna and turkey. Well, and every cat loves tuna. Yeah. I've never seen a cat that doesn't like tuna. Yeah, and we uh, we recently switched to the frozen pellets that mm-hmm. you like thaw as the wet food, and w- just got them duck. They they Ooh, ate la duck. La. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. Uh, my girlfriend's cat Kodak does not like tuna. Strange. He's the most strangely picky cat. He doesn't hmm. really care about most meats. Hmm. Sometimes chicken. Hmm. But yeah, he's. 
very strange. But he's not a vegan cat. No, he's just got weird like anxiety issues. Yeah, cats. They're fucking weird. He's a drooler. Our one cat, Aloe, when she's getting some serious love and she wants it, she begins to drool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll just see the wet pouring from her mouth and you're like, this is gross, but I'm going to still love you. Uh, he's also the softest cat I've ever met. It's, cra- it's like baby seal fur. I've never pet a baby seal, but I imagine how soft it would be. It's pretty astounding. It mm. feels like putting your hand in water. That sounds wild. But like maybe if you had just a, a tank of super saline water and you put your hand into it, so there's like a bit of, you know... Uh, you kind of sense that there's, there's something a bit of beyond a chunk the water. To it? Yeah, a little bit of abrasion, but not much. Yeah. Resistance. I gotta go pee. All right. Thank get you. in there. Folks, what am I going to talk about? Now, this is where it really comes down to professionalism. Thank God I'm a professional in every single way. What's on my list? Uh, cool Vancouver experiences. I went to Bloedel Conservatory lately, uh, which is a place I really love. It's 675 to get in the door, which is the least amount of money you'll spend anywhere in Vancouver to do anything. And it's full of beautiful plants and birds galore. Birds everywhere you look, which is a big deal for me because I've always been a little freaked out by birds. You look in their face, I don't understand what they're thinking. I'm not sure of their motivations. I can't read it, which I don't, I don't care for that. I like being able to guess what someone's got going on and then dealing, it from, dealing with it from that perspective. Uh, but birds, I've never had that relationship with. So, Bloedel Conservatory, you go in there. It was the first time I've been able to, like, be in an enclosed space with birds that weren't too nervous to uh, just hang out around me. And I was able to watch them and observe their behavior enough to get a sense of how they feel and what they're doing. So, that was quite exciting to me, to create, like, a bit of a connection with a bird. And there's one specifically, I cannot remember the name of it, but it looks kind of like a tiny pigeon dove shape with a skinny beak and then bright pink puffs all around the eyes, uh, which makes it look kind of sad. And I feel uh, like kind of bad for it for no reason. It's just the shape of its face, but it seems like it needs some attention, this poor little bird. And so I want to be its friend. Uh, that's my recommendation for Vancouver events. Go to Bloedel Conservatory and look at the little pigeon-type bird with sad eyes. I still have never been to the Bloedel Conservatory. It's amazing. Okay. It makes me understand uh, the Victorian impetus to have cages full of finches and okay. like trap birds. Because there's so many types of birds with like amazing feathers and like all different personalities. Hmm. And if you stand still anywhere for about 30 seconds, you start to notice movement everywhere. Wow. Like, oh, there's a little bird here. And then, you know, there's an area with, like, feed troughs and stuff where they're very active. There's some parrots, but I don't find them as exciting as the ones that go all around. I think they they clip the tips of the parrots so they don't go wild. Uh, But, like, the finches just go wherever they want. That's amazing. There's zebra finches, et cetera. Gouldian Finch. Wow. Last year, my friend Ron, and I missed this event, but he hosted an ambient music event at the Bloedel Conservatory. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know how he got away with it, but uh, apparently it was very successful. Everyone was super respectful, and they get to have another one the next time they plan it. That would be cool. I want to go check that out for sure. It might be one of the best settings for an ambient music uh, event. It really sounds like perfect. Yeah, it does. Because it, like, it's great acoustics in there. Because it's a dome. It's a yeah. dome. It's a dome. But also, all the sounds add to the ambience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when I listen to ambient music, sometimes there's bird cause in there. So I want to hear bird cause in the music and then bird cause in real life simultaneously. I feel like ambient music has a... Uh, it can be very useful at times, but it's so hard to get into because... Like, if you're in the mood to find new music, yeah. it's, you're kind of in an upstate. Like, I'm going to research some stuff. And you're like, listen to this. Ooh, what's this sound like? What's this sound like? Yeah. But you got to put in several minutes of listening to ambient stuff to Sometimes figure out what's hours, going on. Because it's just like a drone. Oh, this is C major? Great. Love it. Love and it. Love it. Oh, still C major 15 minutes later? Okay. Yeah. So to even tell what it's going to be good for can take a while. Yes. And it can be frustrating, the but pace of it, when you're discovering it. But there's applications for like when I'm creating art, I will I love listening to. You don't want something music. too distracting. That's exactly it, because you don't have to focus on it, and it's just there. It's enjoyable. I I really do enjoy like jazz or the classical music when I'm creating too. But sometimes you can like really notice that. Yeah, so the yeah. <laughs> It's like oh that's fun. Look yeah. at that trumpet guy go. Yeah. Oh, but now I'm distracted from the thing I'm doing. Shit. Yeah. Ambient music. Give you just that. Exactly. That. Uh, you should you consider about? ambient music as a career there, buddy. Ooh, just based on that? Just based on <laughs> that. <laughs> Maybe take up throat singing. I've, okay, I practice throat thing, singing sometimes. I could, I could see you being good at it. It's very hard. Yes. Very hard. I can't project it that loud. That's what it's all about is projection. And oh, just getting the, this, the tongue position is so complex. I got to be in the shower and I got to fiddle around before I get that <laughs> harmony going. What kind of fiddling are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I take like a, a fiddle bow and I jam it into my mouth. Understandable, understandable. Uh, but sometimes you get it and it's like, holy shit, what, how is this possible? Yeah, you're healing with the, the sound coming out of your throat. Uh, and it just feels good I bet. in your throat to do it. Yes. Do you uh, live alone? Uh, I have the basement suite of a house to myself. That's amazing. And the neighbors upstairs. Okay, so they can probably hear your throat sing. Uh, probably. Yeah, who cares? Who gives a F? Yeah, who gives an F? Not you. Uh, listeners, if you want to try, start just going, ah. Uh, In the shower. <laughs> and then just fool around with the shape of your mouth, and eventually you might hear a harmony note. Jam a fiddlestick down there. <laughs> Fid oh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> fiddlesticks. I never put that together, that it's a real thing. Fiddlesticks. They're a thing. That's a very country expression. It is. Bows is what we call it in the business. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 country. I'm a little bit rock you're, and roll. You're country all the way. Yeah, buddy. You're wearing a Confederate flag vest right now. Oh my God. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> let's get one thing straight. I am not. Uh. Okay. Let's do egg update. Egg update. Egg okay. update. Ba, 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 da, ba. Yeah. This is our only recurring segment on the show. Okay, I don't even know what it is. We discuss different types of eggs we've eaten recently. Have you had any interesting eggs? No, I uh, I think the most recent one I had was probably an egg salad sandwich that I made. But I didn't make it into a sandwich. I just made it into an egg salad toasty. Oh, open face. Mm-hmm. 
Open face egg salad toasties. Very interesting. You put little crunchers in there or what? Celery and pickles. So and double the pickles. crunch. pickles. Wow. Yeah. You got to have pickles in there. That's pretty cool. What about yourself? Um, I made scrambled eggs the other day. What did you put in them? Uh, just cheese. Ooh, classic. Do you So when you're making your scrambled eggs, do you use butter or oil? Butter. Yeah. Smart. Obviously. Obviously. Thank you for saying that. Uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Well, so let's listen to a song. Okay. Let's put, put one of my songs on now. Let's I don't trust the on. internet. Okay. That's fair. Here's this. That's enough of that. We're back. And uh, David, I was just discussing while you're away, uh, one of my tips for Vancouver Bloedel Conservatory. Is there anything you would recommend to people that they check out or do in Vancouver? Always the Museum of Anthropology. Mm. I can't recommend it enough. That's a good one. It's the, my favorite place in the city. I've it's never been to the Bloedel Conservatory, so I'm being biased. But I cried the first time I went. To the Bloedel? No, to the uh, Museum Anthropology. Museum of Anthropology is fucking amazing. Yeah, I can't cannot give it enough accolades. It's like beautifully put together, really well curated. Yeah, it's an Arthur Erickson building, so like it's an amazing piece of architecture in the city, and uh, the curation is amazing. I just yeah, I I cannot give it enough accolades. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Another one. Uh, I feel like slice Vancouver. of life. Slice of life. Space. Both of those. Shout Ch- out. Shout out to the the art spaces in the city that are doing cool things for alternative arts it's on venables just off of commercial correct and space is just off of Cl- it's on clark just off of hastings and between hastings and pender basically uh both great venues and uh very inclusive environments both of those places i would say check out if you haven't and if you have checked them out check them out again yeah there's a lot they're supporting people who Maybe at the beginning of their careers. Yeah, we're just Maybe like they're just al- alternative and they're working. Yeah, they're working. They couldn't otherwise find a place to showcase work. Slice does cool uh, 
they, they do life drawing with Oksana. She's hosting it now. They have, I think they still have yoga. They do clothing swaps. Uh, obviously, Ben is an amazing sign painter and screen printer. If you guys need any screen printing or sign painting, go see Ben at Slice of Life. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. There's a lot of uh, weird, cool people in Vancouver that don't necessarily get a showcase. Yeah. And that's somewhere that uh, does support yes, and those they communities. Su- support with open arms. There's never... No judgment. Just unless you're a dick, then you're going to be judged. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good rule that to live by, rule. I think. Yeah. Don't be a piece of shit. Don't. And if you are, just hang at home by yourself. <laughs> hey, folks, if you're a piece of shit, just hang at home, okay? Yeah, don't, don't project your shittiness everywhere else. Uh, okay, what... What, what should we so get you said right Bl- Bloedel is your favorite place, hey? Bloedel, that right now that's the one I'm loving the most. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to baseball season starting soon, so we can go see a game. I have never seen a Giants game, but I hear it's a great place to go consume a hot dog. Uh, Canadians, what are you talking er, about? Sorry, what is the Giants? That's hockey, right? I think that's the hockey. Yeah, I'm not a sports bro. Uh, Canadians are is very fun. Okay. It's a baseball game. Have you ever been to a baseball game? No. It's great. It takes oh, a long sorry, time. Oh, sorry. I have been to a Mariners game when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It takes a long time. You don't have to pay attention for most of it. Yeah, There's but you snacks. get to drink beer and eat dogs. Oh, uh, I get a nice foot long and a pretzel. Buddy, that sounds like a good time right there. How many and inches of hot dog do you think you could eat? I probably could eat a foot long. I don't think I could eat more than one single foot long. I think I could uh, go 18. So you could eat one and a half foot longs. Yeah. You're a wild neck pound. I would probably get a foot long and a regular hot dog. Oh. Just not to be wasteful. So it's smart. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I can easily eat a foot long. Okay. And then you're a little bit hungry after. I so mean, m- maybe you wouldn't have the pretzel and a foot long. You'd have a foot long and a dog. Yeah, I would go an 18-inch. Okay. No pretz. No pretz. That's, that's, and then maybe add a pretzel after if you were feeling really sassy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd probably on the, on the regular size hot dog go just mustard on it. Oh, that sounds, that sounds boring. That... I don't think you understand how exciting mustard is. <laughs> Mustard's pretty exciting, yes. Is yes. It, what are you going to put on that pretzel? Mustard. Just mustard, yeah. Well, maybe if it has like what are a, you, a cheese sauce cheese guy. Sauce, oh, yeah. my God. But no, that's not my first choice. It's always, D- and it has to be Dijon. No, get out of here. Yellow. You're a ballpark <laughs> mustard, bro. Oh, I guess, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bougie ballparker, apparently. <laughs> Pardonnez-moi. Yeah, exactly. Great poupon. Uh, that's, that was racist. Sorry. Smooth. <laughs> Smooth Dijon or grainy? <laughs> grainy. Oh, yeah. yeah you know where it's I at. I want those seeds popping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll check. Let's go to a game together. I would love that. Okay. That would be cool. It's great. It's cheap as hell. How much tickets? Like 12 bucks. That's great. I'm so into that. And then you spend like, you know, 50, 60 on beers. Well, I'd rather spend 50, 60 on beers than 50, 60 on a ticket and still have to buy beer. It's also not that much more than you would spend on beer anywhere else. Literally anywhere else. And then it's also giving you... An environment to enjoy the beer in. And you get a heat stroke. Great. It, it even adds further to the beer then. I've only ever sat in the hottest possible section of the stadium. By choice or just by proxy? Just by how it goes. Yeah. Is your $12 ticket like dictated to a certain, dictates you to a certain area? Yes. It's, yeah. it's assigned seating. Okay. But I think the most you can spend on a ticket is like $18 okay. for box seats. Okay. Curious. Very curious. Uh, also... It's the only thing, the only sporting event I know that you can do in and outs. So if you want to, like, go smoke a joint okay. halfway through the game, you can go outside the stadium yeah, I've never and then come otherwise. back in. Okay. Because at a hockey game or a football game, you cannot do You're that. You're effed. I haven't, I haven't been to a uh, Whitecaps game. 
Uh, I went to one. How it's, was? It was confusing for me because I don't know any of the songs or, like, how you're supposed to act as a soccer fan. Okay. So the, like, stadium what? experience is a bit different than any other sports. So you're saying it's not the same sporting songs? No. No, we will They got all their you. own, all long songs with lyrics you don't know. Hmm. It's That's weird soccer stuff. Soccer is weird. Also, it's kind of a boring game. But it seems like it's got more action than baseball, so you don't feel as good about not paying attention. I feel like it's shorter because it's just two forty-five halves. Yeah, I I'm not enough of a soccer person to have gotten that much out of it. I got you. I also am not a sports person, and I love seeing any live sport, and that one was kind of disappointing. Okay. I don't know what it was. I should probably give it another shot, or not, because you could probably afford many. Uh, Canadians games compared to one single. Yeah, but why do I want to not enjoy something? Why couldn't I just learn that's, to that's love That's a very it? diligent way to say it. I appreciate that. that uh, I think I just need to go with someone that's a fan and like knows and loves the experience yeah. so they can... It's like watching a show with someone that really loves it can often make it much better. Right. Like Game of Thrones I don't really care about. Yeah. But my girlfriend likes it so I watched the finale and the next day we started watching the series from the beginning and the beginning I'm is a way little better bit than into the finale. It? Yeah, you'll enjoy it up until the The beginning finale. is better than the finale. Okay, the finale is bad. Even as someone that didn't know the show, I could tell that was not yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't great. I understand where they went with it. Let's not get into Game But of the Thrones. beginning of the show is so goddamn slow. Let's say season two, season three, it gets a little bit wild. Okay. Yeah. But still, anyways, the one thing that uh, the Whitecaps promotion touts is that it's the most exciting sporting event in the city. Um, is that just promotion? I feel like their fans are better fans. Okay. To be honest, okay. people that are into the Whitecaps get really excited. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Whereas, like, I'm from Montreal, obviously. Yeah. So I, I was used to seeing Canadians games as right. a kid for hockey, where yeah. people are going nuts the whole time. Right. Vancouver is a lot of people looking at their phones, not making noise. That just sounds it like Vancouver in noise. general. Yeah. Did you ever go to Expos games? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's. That's why I like going to see baseball. Okay. Because that was the best part of childhood. Was the Expos. I don't care about baseball, but going to see an Expos games was the best thing. That's great. My aunt worked for uh, a sports apparel company, so she'd always get free tickets. Oh, that's cool. So she would take us. Yeah. And then by the time I was in high school, you could get a ticket for $5. That's crazy to me. And then just move wherever you wanted to because the attendance was so low. Where can you ever... Do anything in Vancouver for five dollars? Not zero places. Blodella is talking about how cool it is because it's only six seventy-five. Oh, that's close to five dollars. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess with inflation. Yeah, with inflation, six seventy-five. That's a really good price. Yeah. Oh, snag! You come to snag. Oh, snag! And it's Everyone, five dollars. Let's talk about snag. Yeah, that's another great thing to check out in the city, everybody. Snag. Uh, we're back on the twenty-first of June. Do you I know think. what that theme is going to be? Uh, skateboarders. So cute. Not the twenty-first, the eighteenth. So, is it going to be skateboarding artists? It's uh, yeah, they're going to be skateboarding around the bar the whole time they're painting. That's so cool. You guys come up with the craziest themes. Uh, I think it is all skateboarders who are artists, or okay. artists whom are skateboarders. Well, it sucks because you guys just used Ben Knight in the last one. I know. He's an amazing skateboarder. Now we got... Um, Have you got Matthew Delwyn? Uh, good question. I don't know. I'm not booking it. Okay, right. Ian, li if you're listening, talk to Matthew Delwyn. Talk to Matt D. He's, he's a shredder, and he's only been skating for like a year or two now. Yikes. Yeah. 
and he's a great artist. That's a old to get into skateboarding. That's what I said too, and he's really good. Hmm. Yeah. Should I buy a new skateboard? Yes, but you're gonna get hurt. I'm not good. I was never good to begin with. Yeah. You will get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done it in many years because I'm afraid to get hurt. I might not need to invite that into my life. Yeah, maybe not. Long, get so a longboard cool. so you can cruise. Fuck that. <laughs> yes. I'll just get an old school board. Just get a, a, a power scooter. I'm more... Mm, that would be pretty sweet. Be Are pretty you talking fun. about like a Razor scooter with a battery or like a... Yeah, no, a Razor scooter with a battery. <laughs> nice, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you steal a lime? Yeah. <laughs> Import it? Yeah, buddy. It would be the best. Or I've never tried one of those... They call them hoverboards, but there's no fucking hovering. Mm, it's but also barely a board. It's not a board at all. There's zero board about it. It's like hover it. shoe. Yeah, hover shoes. Uh, in any case, that could be fun. I, I could just be hating for no reason, and then I could try it, and I'll be like, oh, shit, this beats walking any day. I bet a Segway is more fun than a hoverboard. Give me that handle. See, I forgot about Segways. Forgot that was Bro, even a thing. everyone forgets about Segways. <laughs> I forgot that was even a thing. Yep. Are they still a thing? Does that company still exist? Maybe they made... Maybe they... Do they just make stuff for cops now? They must just be cop company. Yeah. The military. Military segues. Mm, when I was in Chicago at, uh, in the airport, they got some pretty sweet police segues. Crazy. You get like a little chariot basket around you. That's hilarious. Uh, Is I that, mean, that at the O'Hare airport? Yeah. That, yeah. I bet it's not ideal to be stationed at the airport no that's a nice bonus i mean it's probably relatively chill your day is probably not that extreme but i assume there's no guns (laughs) once you get past security yeah i mean in chicago that's probably actually one of the safest places to be stationed there's a lot of no gun signs on business doors in chicago yeah i did it uh i was there for a trade show with work a few years ago and it as soon as you go in the door there's like all these no concealed weapons signs and I'm like, oh my god, this makes me feel very uncomfortable. Like, first of all, is this sign gonna stop anyone from doing that? Yeah, and also, like, why do you need signs, to say it? Yeah, exactly. It, it it gives you a weird sensation knowing that mm, anybody you see, like a very unassuming person, could be concealing a nine millimeter in their jacket. Have you ever seen a gun in an inappropriate scenario? I've never seen a gun in an inappropriate scenario. Mm, I did once at a bowling lane in Montreal. Really? Yeah, it was weird. Were you with the group of people that c- pulled the gun out? No. Okay. With a group, and we started chatting to another group in the parking lot, and then one of them was telling us about the Uzi he had. Oh, my God. That's not just any gun. Yeah. That's terrifying. That's all right. People only kill people in other gangs in Montreal. Okay. But there's there inevitably can be There's gang-on-gang violence. Well, I should guess. Yeah. So not paying attention. Yeah. It's fucking scary. Scary shit. They're pretty cool, though. Like, it is fun to shoot a gun. It is. Yes, I have. Never a handgun, though. No, I've only done a twenty-two rifle. Shotguns are pretty fun, and if you do, like, a shotgun on the side, like, boom. (laughs) So sick to throw your shoulder at? Yeah, you feel cool. But it's also, like, when you're shooting guns, you realize how many, like, if you're going to shoot targets or whatever, it's very expensive because you buy boxes of bullets and then they're gone in like three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, that was a sweet $60. Okay. But yeah, the one thing you notice when you shoot them is how much power is in your hand. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, it's a very impressive little machine. They are. As a, as a machine, they are very impressive, but it's disgusting what it does to the person who is touting it. It gives them a god complex. 
Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, if you ever put on like a pair of tight leather gloves, you feel like I could punch through a wall. <laughs> no one can stop me. Have you ever put on tight leather gloves and shot a gun? No. Nor have I. But Let's I can imagine it. what would happen in your brain if you did that. You'd mm. feel cute. Sex is meaningless to you now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I hopefully never replace um, pleasure with uh, doing violence in my brain. I don't think you will. Oh, shitty. Whis- oh, no. There's people trying to move a Dahlia stuff, and it all just toppled right over. We've all been there. Been there, done that. At least I have, and it is a very bad feeling. The guy walking by in the white pants was a very nice passerby, though. He just started helping. He's helping out. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Well, they tear that market down real quick, don't they? There's a, For the listener, there's a market right across the street from the booth, an outdoor market, and there's tents and everything. And then I just looked there over and it's tents. gone. Now there's no tents. Just like that. Good work, folks. Yeah. All right, we're closing in on the end of the show. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Do you have any upcoming projects people should know about? Well, there's the tail end of the, sh- the Crafted Vancouver show at Space. The last little iteration of the Made from Scraps Series 1 is on. On Thursday night, we're going to have a panel discussion with the artists that are involved Ooh. at Space, and that's 552 Clark Drive, I think from 6 till 9 p.m. Uh, check my Instagram, though, because I'll be promoting that a bit more, and my Instagram's just Druvid, D-R-U-V-I-D. And beyond that, just I'm just going to keep making art. Follow, follow along, guys. Folks, follow along, follow won't you, along. please? Ple- please, seriously, just please follow along. Uh, if you want to, you can follow me at Nick Pound on Instagram. Follow my cat at Two-Tone T-Shirt. That's a better follow. I will start following uh, Two-Tone T. Follow Snag Alternative Contemporary Arts on Facebook for updates on our events. We got one every month. Come see me at karaoke Monday nights at 12 Kings Pub. And I don't know. Rate this on iTunes, I guess, or you, Apple Podcasts. Are I you guess. doing that every Monday at Twelve Kings? That's right, every Monday. How how is it going? It's pretty good. I got a little crew of people that comes through. I will never sing karaoke, but I'll come and watch. All right. Yeah. Do you I'll, sing when you when you're there? Of course. Of course. Do you rap? Uh, sometimes. Is uh the hip hop selection in the program is not great. So are you running the program too, or? Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah, I'm up in my little booth. People tell me what they want. Okay. I shuffle them around. Okay. And then we all and have 12 a good Kings time. Has a gr- great selection of beer. That's true. Pretty good. Correctly. Pretty good beer list. And pinball, right? They Still? got pinball. They got foosball. Foosball is wild. I feel like if you're probably in a bar, you're going to be playing people who take it too seriously, though. If you come up to me and give me a hundred dollars, I'll let you into the cockfighting ring. Shh. What kind of cockfighting? Uh, dicks. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. That's all for us today. Thank you so much for being here, David. Thank you for having me, Nick. This was really an enjoyable conversation. It surely was. And I'll see you all again in two weeks. Until then, I love you. Stay safe. Oh, uh, here it is. <laughs> Thank you.